welcome to the Words of Grace podcast, where we seek to clarify, amplify, and apply the Sunday morning sermon at Grace Community Church. From time to time, we'll address other topics. We hope these podcasts help you press the Word of God into your everyday life. Good afternoon. Today is February the 27th, and I'm with Scotty for a Words of Grace podcast. Scotty. You just called me Scotty. Did I say Scotty? You said Scotty. Well, you know. Did you ever go by Scotty? <laughs> no. You never did? No, I think you just merged Scott and Patty, and you I said did. Scotty. <laughs> really? Because no. I, I would think most people that were named Scott at some point went by Scotty. No. No. Oh, my my sister calls me that. I think. Uh, Do you get my, mad at her? Is that just no, make no, you no, mad? My fa- no, my family they can get away with it. They can I, call me that. Okay, but, but nobody else. Good afternoon, Scott. I did merge the two names. Justine. Justin. <laughs> Justin. Yeah. Uh, should we start this over? No, we're not starting it over. <laughs> so let's talk. So so we're here another day, another, another. Sunday. First Peter chapter with, one with 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 Scotty and Justy Scotty and Justy ready to go. Oh man! So oh. we had a great Sunday. Yes, let's. We're not starting over. You want to start over, but we're just not going to do it. Okay. Yeah. So we were at Sunday. Great Sunday. We were in First Peter. New members class, adult studies, children's ministry. Yes. The youth had disciple now. Which was incredible. It was a great weekend. Did you, like, you said like there was 350 people going through a barbecue line or something? Yeah, in the gathering hall. <laughs> That's what Josh said. I mean, it looked like a lot of people, and he yeah. said there were about 350. That included, you know, our our group, a couple other mm-hmm. churches, adults, yeah. host home volunteers, all that, the whole crowd, and they had a big barbecue line going through the gathering hall. <laughs> And uh, I was, it was Saturday night, and I'm thinking, man, the cleaning crew will be here. I'm pretty impressed because I didn't smell any barbecue. Oh, dude, it, it was, it, <laughs> it smelled like youth group and barbecue. Yeah. But it was great because yeah, it right. all got cleaned up, and we had church yeah. Sunday morning, and right. kids were there, and it was beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, great. Well, we are still in First Peter, mm-hmm. and we're, we were in that, that section kind of, you started in First 13, and you went all the way through verse, was it 21? Did you go through 21? I think you read through 21. Yeah, yeah. Verse 18 was the focus about being ransomed. Right. So give us a little bit of an overview of the sermon. Well, that was it. It was, it was, a, it was a, about being ransomed. It was, you know, really a one point sermon that I yeah. made like a point one, a one B one C kind of a thing. But, uh, I wanted to focus on that word that, that, that reality of the gospel, uh, that, by the, with the blood of Christ, we've been ransomed, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a it's a uh, it has an impact. It's purposeful to do that because Peter said that we're pursuing holiness and we're living in the proper fear while we're exiles, knowing mm-hmm. that we've been ransomed. So this, yeah. the the point being that there's something about knowing yeah. that is very very important, um, and that that there's a kind of life that flows out of knowing yeah. that we have been ransomed. We have been rescued or delivered or released or yep. the, the, our, our station has been changed yep. by the price or with the price of Christ's death or his yeah. blood. Right. And that is part of the theology of the cross. Mm. And I think, I think I said Sunday, there are other words that we could use to describe what Jesus accomplished on the cross, like uh, justification is one mm-hmm. and uh, reconciliation is mm-hmm. another. And uh, redemption or ransom is uh, the same concept there is another. 
<clears throat> so the idea behind the ransom though is that is that we are our our position is changed mm-hmm. from uh, indebtedness or bondage uh, to freedom <clears throat> uh, to uh, no condemnation you know yep. by, by the payment of Christ mm-hmm. and his blood yeah yeah so that's that's that and we wrapped up with with kind of a now what yep and we talked about living as ransomed people yeah who are have been bought with a price went yeah. into first Corinthians yeah about how we are, are we're to glorify God with our bodies yeah it was one example of the way we live because our bodies have been bought by Christ yeah um so the question I want to ask today for our time is you know I know sometimes when we hear a sermon sometimes it's helpful to think through how we can then take this concept of knowing that we're ransomed mm-hmm. and then how does that get applied in different areas of our life. Mm-hmm. And and the two areas I want to ask you, Scott, is help us think through if we truly know, and that, that knowing is a deep <clears throat> knowing, mm-hmm. right? It, knowing that we are ransomed, how does that practically apply as we relate to one another in the church and then how we relate to those outside the church? I was thinking just... If we truly know we're ransomed, like what kind of life would flow out of that? In mm-hmm. in particular, how we relate to those in the church okay. and outside. Okay. Well, that's a good question because uh, knowing things about people really does uh, impact the way we treat them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just think about that in everyday life. If you yeah. if you are introduced to someone and you know very little about them, you might start out with some questions. Mm-hmm. But let's say you find out something about them. You know something about them that's that's uh, a standout sort of a fact about them. Then you might relate to them differently. Mm-hmm. So similarly, it, knowing things like we have been ransomed mm-hmm. by the with the precious blood of Christ, which is the sermon from Sunday, knowing that about ourselves impacts the way we live. But knowing it about other people would would change the way we relate to them. So in the church, okay? Right. Well, I would I would say one place to go to, well, let's go to 1 Corinthians where we did on Sunday, but let's go back a couple chapters to, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 3. Paul said uh, that uh, the church uh, is also the temple of God. Hmm. And so the church has been ransomed, bought with a price. That's yeah, a revelation. Yeah. yeah, collectively. So, and, and he's he's saying then, in First Corinthians three, protect the church against divisions. Okay, uh, maintain unity—the unity of the gospel and of the truth and around Christ, uh, because the church belongs to Christ. Yeah, not their own; they belong it's, to Christ. That's right. No, yeah. we're not our own as individuals or as the church. Yeah, kind of because you on Sunday you were going in First Corinthians six, right about, about the individual, the individual. But yeah, you can take it collectively from First Corinthians three. Mm-hmm. So if you, so if you, then if you start to relate to people in the church. The first thing you need to remember and realize is, oh, this this person is a part of the redeemed people of God, the ransomed people mm-hmm. of God. So th- this person and we collectively as a congregation belong to God. Mm-hmm. So if we belong to God, then I am going to treat what belongs to God in a certain way. Yeah, with care. Yeah, yeah. care and 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 uh, uh, yes, compassion, but also care for one wandering off yeah. from the truth. Uh, care for somebody's discipleship, um, care for them in their own temptations, yep. care. Yep. 
Paul says he's talking about divisions. He says, "Be unified. Don't yeah. don't divide." Right. So that would be the first thing. It just changes the way it is you, when you enter the church. You say, "Oh, this this group of people here belong to Christ." Okay, I'm going to treat this people here as if they belong to Christ. Yeah, that's good. So that's kind good. of you know just work that out. Apply. Yeah, that. I would think it even changes. Like, <laughs> I would think there's sometimes even if you're not verbally speaking to someone and maybe in your mind mm-hmm. you're wrestling maybe with bitterness mm-hmm. it can't happen and mm-hmm. i think if you change that picture in your mind oh mm-hmm. this person is redeemed mm-hmm. it would even begin to change your thoughts and, and and thinking towards that person that's right yeah you can imagine in your mind saying well i want my church to be mm-hmm. and you can say well that that could be helpful if you want the right things but we need to really back up and say, what does Christ want for Christ's church? Yeah. Well, he's revealed it in, in the Bible. Hmm. So we start to pray for and pursue and work for the things yeah. that Christ wants for his church. Yeah, that's good. Which would lead me to this, another thing I would say in terms of how the seeing the church as, as redeemed, ransomed by God impacts the way we relate to the world. I think first, uh, uh, one of the things there would be that we want to maintain purity right. in the world. Um, so if we've been, if we've been ransomed out of our futility of our former life, out of sin, out of darkness, then as we are living in a world that is still pursuing the futility of sin, we Mm -hmm. would not want to start pursuing it again. We want to maintain that holiness as we are living in the world. Mm -hmm. That's, um, that's, takes a lot of thought and prayer too. Right. Because it doesn't mean that we separate physically, like I'm never going to be around other people now that I've become a Christian. No, uh, we don't take ourselves out of the world. Paul said that too. Um, we live in the world, but we maintain a holy life because we have been bought with a price. The church yeah. remains pure. Yeah. It's kind of what Jesus said. I, I, when the high priestly prayer, I'm praying that you not take them out of the world. But they remain unstained. That's right. And keep uh-huh. them from the evil one. Keep mm-hmm. them from the evil one. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, I would say a third way we're going to get to here in a few weeks is First uh, Peter chapter 2. Mm. He says, you're a holy nation, chosen people, uh, ro- uh, holy people, uh, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who brought you out of darkness into light. So there's that ransom figure again yep. being, being, being brought out of darkness into light at the cost of Christ's blood and uh because of that we are now proclaiming declaring his excellency so we're maintaining a witness Mm -hmm. uh in the world by being holy Mm -hmm. showing the power of god to to transform us so uh, to sum all that up i would say um, the way the church relates to itself and to the world because it's been ransomed would be number one we would be concerned for the purity of the church and the unity of the mm-hmm. church uh, and the health of the church because it belongs to God. Number two, uh, we would want to maintain our purity as we live in the world mm-hmm. uh, because we belong to God. Mm-hmm. And number three, we would want to proclaim the excellencies of yeah. Christ who ransomed us right. for himself yeah. uh, as we're in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. You know, I, you started it on Sunday with first Corinthians six, but now you're bringing in the collective nature of it in first Corinthians three, but this idea that we are not our own mm-hmm. and man, that does change everything when we realize that we're not our own. I mean, there's not a, 
there's not a sense of walking in with pride. There is much humility that comes mm-hmm. with that because we know we've been bought with a price mm-hmm. and it costs son, the Christ, the son of God, his life. Mm-hmm. And so, man, it, the approach changes when, mm-hmm. when you understand that, whether mm-hmm. it's individually or collectively. Yeah. Yeah. When we start, yes. When another way of uh, what you said just reminded me of another way of thinking about it is when you start with God mm. and and not ourselves, it changes everything. Yep. So the church is God's mm-hmm. before it's mine. Mm-hmm. I am God's before I'm mine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, I have responsibility for what I do with my body. Right. So in that sense, it's what's well, my body. Yeah, but it's God's first. Right. And the way that I carry out my responsibility for my body is is by looking to see what God wants for it. Yeah. Yes, it's my church. I go here. I'm a member here at Grace, but it's God's church first. Yeah. So I'm going to ask questions about what does God want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think those are some good ways of looking at. It. Peter's going to do that too. He's going to get us into that understanding the the corporate nature of it when we get into mm. into chapter two yeah. here in a few weeks. Yeah. We'll start to really feel that. Mm-hmm. So here's the last question that can end our time. And we usually do this like at the end of a book, but I'm just curious to get your thoughts real quickly. And I didn't at, tell you I was going to ask this question, but we're, we're now kind of getting to chap, closer to chapter two. As you look back, what has been one thing that has stood out to you the most in your study time as you've kind of been looking at First Peter, that you've gotten to preach on so much that you feel like, man, I hope this really lands mm-hmm. on us as a congregation. Oh. That's I know that's a hard, hard question. A very but. hard question, Justin. Sorry. Um, well, I'll, I'll just say one. I don't know if it's the greatest in my mind. <laughs> it is one. Hope. Yeah. Hope. Um, living, born again to a living hope. Mm-hmm. Setting our hope on the grace that is to come. Yeah. Uh, at the revelation of Christ. Hope. Yeah. Um, I, that, that, and, and the fact that hope, hope is living, hope is a dynamic. Hmm. When, when we hope in Christ, it, things happen. Mm-hmm. It helps us to live through situations that are tough. The trials that we grieve under chapter one, it helps us maintain faithfulness in the testing of our faith. It keeps us looking forward, pressing on. It gives us an optimistic view of the future. It's dynamic. Hope is mm. something that's living inside of us because the Spirit births it in us. Yeah. So that's probably just, that's one thing yeah. out of chapter one so far that I would say that's a big one. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, it's been great to walk through First Peter, and, and we look forward uh, this Sunday to diving back into the chapter. I know a lot of our community groups around the city are going to be Diving into First Peter this That's week right. mm-hmm. and uh, look forward to another week in First Peter. All right. All right.